1: To church last night at 4 30 and on the way out i talked to the priest and said you say a little prayer for trouble high school and he said uh can't do it i gotta pray for prep so he's <laughs> a prep guy so we had a little bit going against us today but
2: yeah obviously we got a little chip on our shoulder you know that and the guys you know that feeling sucked last year
1: and you know it's up to us to you know turn that narrative around and win this thing
2: and mostly I'm
0: just happy for the players I mean these guys took it to heart they've had a great off season they've worked their tails off they had an unfortunate ending to their Thanksgiving and I think it really just opened eyes and and reminded everyone that this can be taken away from you if you don't go out and earn it every week and uh, the way they played this week on Tuesday and Saturday I couldn't be more proud Um, There's still one more left and uh, you know there's no doubt these guys are going to have a great week of practice and, and, and put all they can into it. Hello
3: everybody and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut and we have reached the state championship weekend with me, as always, is Pete Paguaga. Peter,
4: how are you? Good. Excited. It's been a sprint. A sprint. Here. It's, it's been, been a sprint. Slog. Yeah, oh, I mean, the last, what, 11 days, 12 days, three games, Thanksgiving, who's in, quarterfinals, who's moving on, semifinals, who's going to the championship, luncheon. Uh, now we're here. Capsules, preview stuff. It's been a sprint man it's been a, yeah. i for one am exhausted i'm exhausted it's been a
3: sprint slog it's just one one chapter to the next highs lows you know lots of work lots of you know everyone's and we're not not just us i no. like to tell coaches that i feel like i'm in the same boat as you guys it's like all right now it's on to the next thing no rest no time to look at what you've done and be like wow you have to do that after the season And uh, unfortunately, of Christmas, you got to go Christmas shopping, tree shopping and uh, all this other stuff you got to do before the end of a semester. And it's just a crazy time of year. But, you know, we are at the finish line. It it is in sight. We're down the home stretch. We have six state championship games at two sites. Uh, The matchups are as follows. If you are living under a rock or just joining us from somewhere else, We'll start off at Central Connecticut State's Root Field in New Britain, the 10.30 a.m. game. It is the Class S Championship. You have top seeded and undefeated Ansonia versus Bloomfield, the number two seed in the seventh championship matchup between these two powerhouses. They've both won three apiece against each other, so this will break the tie in the 2 p.m. game. At a root field, you have the Class L championship between third-seeded Maloney, the defending champions, and number four-seeded New Canaan, which hasn't won a state championship since 2016. And finally, in the 5:30 game, the Class Double S championship, you have Barlow back in the final for the first time since 2018, looking for its first football championship versus number six-seeded Valley Regional Old Line which hasn't been to the final since 2014, when it won it all. Heading over to Rensselaer Field in East Hartford in the 10.30 a.m. game, you have the Class Double M Championship, number five seeded North Haven, back first time since 2015, facing defending state champ number three seeded Killingly. They won the Class M title last year. Now they are in Class Double M, 10.30 a.m. at Rensselaer Field. In the two o'clock game, it is number one seeded and undefeated Berlin versus number two Notre Dame West Haven, the Green Knights looking for their first title since two thousand nine, and Berlin looking for its first title since two thousand nine. And finally, in the five thirty game, the big one, Class Double L, number two seeded Greenwich versus number five Fairfield Prep. In the third meeting between these two schools in the state championship game, Fairfield Prep has won both of them, but hasn't won a state title since 1988. Greenwich looking for its first title since 2018 and its first under coach Anthony Morello. Those are your matchups. A coach to be said during the luncheon on Tuesday morning. He said, you know, they make all these, allow all these teams to get into the playoffs and it's still the same damn teams over and over again. Uh, That is for sure. Although I would argue a couple of these these are upstarts trying to make their mark into blue blood status. Um, You know, you have new Canons, you have your Greenwiches, you have your Fairfield preps, uh, you know, but I mean, Berlin's only won one title. They're looking for more. Uh, Maloney certainly likes to, you know, is elbowing its way into the the elite status here. But uh, overall, your thoughts, on the six state championship matchups?
4: I think a lot of them are going to be really good games. Uh, I think we talked about it yesterday, uh, last night. Like, you know, I think we looked at the games last year and we were like, okay, um, three of these games could be potential blowouts. And uh, I think we were somewhat right on that. I think in 2019, we had an idea that, you know, The M game was going to go one way. The S game was going to go one way. Um, You know, the L and double L game were going to go either way. I think you look at this and I think there are four games in here that are that are coin that are coin flips that either team can win and either team can go home uh, with the state with the state championship. So I think that's kind of exciting. Um, Is it too many? Yeah, (laughs) but but and you know, you talk about, you know, whatever coach said, oh, you know, you could get more teams and it's still the same teams. If we didn't have more teams in, it would have been different teams. Prep wouldn't have been in.
3: Yeah. Well, they probably right? would have.
4: Been. Some of these teams might not have been in. Yeah. Prep getting in, it's seven and three and in with only four divisions. I don't know. But yeah, I'm just should. saying, you know, it's it's the same teams because it's expanded, and then those programs, the better, more consistent programs are winning out um over time. So I don't know. I, I'm excited. I think all the games could be uh could be fun. I look at this like, you know, you look at it like the 2014
3: season when we had eight champions and how ridiculous that was. And we can all agree that was ridiculous. But Tom Brockett always likes to say, look, the games are great. And he's right. The games were great in 2014. I mean, the games are great is not a good reason to expand the playoffs and then give us more championships. I saw that argument a 100 times over the weekend. That's not the reason why. You know, the, the point of the championships is to crown champions, the best teams of a certain grouping we have again i know 140 something teams in the state six champions you're basically lording over over 23 teams which is a league size let's just call them league championships or would i which is what i like to do that kind of help me get through it a little bit is you just call them kind of like bowl games these are bowl games these aren't really like you know that's not gonna i mean maybe this year it will there's not one dominant team this year we'll get to that in a second but uh you know you look at all these matchups and there's not one dominant team. There's not one matchup. You look at this and go, wow, you know what? We're missing that game. I wish we could steam in that way. I think that is a that is just a happy accident. I don't think that that's something that's going to be a feature. For sure, there's going to be games download, uh, or, uh, down the in years from now where we're going to look at it and go, you know, I really wish we could see that game. You know, the 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 good the benefit of the alliance, which, you know, I, I think is very flawed, but the benefit of that is that at least maybe would be you might see a matchup that you might not get in a playoff, be couple L versus L. But again, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it, you kind of hope they can do it like back in the old days, you wouldn't have had that matchup. So at least the Alliance gives you the hope that maybe they can get that matchup together. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't, you know, I, I just want everything to be categorized. Right. But when I look at this weekend, it is going to be an excellent football weekend. Uh, I don't know about you. I mean, we've kind of divvied it up. I'm going up to Wrenchler Field. You're going to uh, a root field at uh, Central Connecticut. I actually asked some of the kids, I said, were you silently rooting for Wrenchler Field and to a man? I think there was one guy who said, I didn't care where I play. But for most part, everybody who was going to Wrenchler, they all love the fact that they're going to Wrenchler. They were excited for it. It's a grass field. It is raining right now. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. It is pouring right now, so we'll have we'll see what kind of effect that has. There could be some weather down the road, too, but I'm very excited for these games, Pete. I think the most important question from game-time CT standpoint now is, Pete, out of all these games, who the heck is going to be number one when it's all said and done, so to speak? How do you figure it out? I have no idea.
4: I don't. I don't know how you figure it out. Um, I'd like to say the winner of the double L game gets my vote. I'd love to say that with confidence. But uh, I'm not confident because you have two one-loss teams playing in Class L, who played in you know tough conferences, right? New Canaan played in the FCAC. though they didn't play the toughest schedule in the FCAC, They still come from the FCAC. and then Maloney plays in CCC Tier One. You know, it's not like a CCC Tier Three team that got in here, won a couple of games, and is playing for a chance to win a state title. Maloney is tested. My big, yeah, so the joking. biggest thing, the biggest thing that I have a gripe with myself is. Looking past certain losses. And I'm able to look past Greenwich's loss to Southington. That was a one point loss. Greenwich's loss to Staples. That was a one point loss. I'm trying to bring myself to look past Malone Very. I saw Glastonbury last Sunday in the semifinals, and Greenwich manhandled them. Just dominate. Dom- they dominated them from warm ups. And it's not taking anything away from Glastonbury. They had an excellent season. They have a great, you know, uh, Eric Hennessy is a great coach. Uh, The team, you know, had a great season going from two and eight to nine and two. There's nothing you could take away from them. But Greenwich was hands down the better team. No questions asked. How did Maloney lose to them? Right. So if Maloney lost to them, then that tells me in my head that Greenwich is clearly better than Maloney. Right. Even with two losses, they play in a in a, a tougher conference, which had they had maybe some tougher games to play than Maloney. Not that you know Maloney is no joke. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, how do I? How can I vote Maloney over Greenwich? And then on the flip side, New Canaan, New Canaan didn't play Greenwich. They didn't play Staples. They didn't play Trumbull. Right, there are two big games in the FCAC were Darien on Thanksgiving and St. Joe's in the middle of the year, and yeah. St. Joe's beat them up,
3: yeah,
4: and Greenwich beat up St. Joe's, you know, in a close back and forth game. Greenwich was able yeah, to pull away, but but they won by ten. They were convinced, yeah. So they won by ten. <clears throat> and Then you got prep on the other side, where if I can't look past Maloney's loss to Glastonbury, can I look past Fairfield Prep's three losses at the beginning of the year? One which was to Fairfield Prep. One which was two hand in that Greenwich beat by 40. Yeah. Now, you know, that all depends on who wins that double L game, obviously. Uh, they're not voting against each other. They're we're gonna we're gonna know who to vote higher after that game. So I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad, glad we don't have to vote this week. Yeah. Jeff Jacobs asked me who I'd have to vote for number one if we had a poll this week, and I have no idea. I think I said prep because I think they're playing the best, but I truly don't have an idea. So you're saying there's there's not one game that if this team,
3: if let's say if Greenwich beats Fairfield Prep, are they number one? And Maloney beats New Cannon is Greenwich number one. I mean, can that be is that the possibility?
4: I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a split if Maloney and Greenwich won. Like I, I it would not surprise me. Well, um, Ned, so I think Ned, Ned Griffin of the day had a really good point.
3: I think he, he said uh, no team is ever been voted number one at the end of the year with two losses, which is. No, I look
4: I looked that up last night, confirmed that um, only zero losses or one loss. So as far as precedence
3: goes, Maloney would have a really good case, especially
4: if the winner of. The winner of Maloney, New Canaan would have that. A, an excellent precedent. case because yeah. New
3: Canaan also has one. But last.
4: precedent got thrown out the window in 2017 when Killingly finished as the only undefeated team in the state. And they were the first team to be right. the only undefeated team in the state to not be voted number one at the end of the year by the media members.
3: Right. So in that case, you know, there, there's precedent there, but there's also an, there's also a new precedent. Um, but uh, I think you kind of have to look at this, you know, uh, on a kind of... Uh, you kind of have to look at this and who's playing the best toward the end of the season. And I think right now, Grant is making a great case for that. Uh, I think they would, he, it was no I think contest he, against Hamden and then against glass a team that lost to that. Excuse me. That beat Maloney. No contest. I mean, Greenwich is just firing on all cylinders. And uh, to me, like Maloney would have to really do a run to make it, to make, to make it harder for me to vote. Especially if Gredge, you know, does a number on, uh on fairfield prep i think Fair, i think greenwich has, for me has the inside track they would need to lose to, to lose my vote for the most part or maloney would really have to impress uh in beating up on new canaan but that's kind of like where i stand now um i think maloney's got is kind of inside is, is uh has is got some ground to make up and Greenwich. now if fairfield prep wins and maloney wins then we gotta have another conversation there but uh i mean i mean if
4: prep beats up on greenwich Three losses, Pete. I know, it's, but I think precedent has to be thrown out the window because we're in an unprecedented season. 48 teams made the playoffs this year. We've had six champions before, never 48 teams in the playoffs. And, you know, if there was four divisions and, you know, the same number as last year, does prep get in? Maybe, maybe not. We don't really know. Um, We could... Do the math and put it together, but we have it would be
3: close. I think they probably would have made it in double L, but
4: yeah, I mean, yeah, but I just think that it's an unprecedented. Maybe they go to time. you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they but go to but you know what? If we don't have forty eight teams in, maybe St. Joe's doesn't lose in the first round. Maybe Southington doesn't lose in the first round, and all of a sudden these teams are now in the mix that aren't in the mix this year. And I think that that changes a lot. And I, I think that should take away. I think that should change the overall thinking because this is more. I said this to someone, this feels more like March Madness when you're looking at like resumes now, right? You're looking at resumes. And if Fairfield Prep wins the double L championship, there's not a team in the state with a better resume than they do. If Fairfield Prep undefeated, undefeated in SEC tier one, that could have three state champions. Lost to a team, lost to a team. In Florida, but did lose to New Canaan,
3: which, yeah. If Maloney beats New Canaan, I got a little bit of a problem there.
4: Yeah. And that's was so that early raises- enough in the
3: season. You got to go back. That's part of it too. You know, I look at those teams. I've seen them all up live and it's almost like the eye test. Like they got some dudes on Greenwich and they got some dudes on Fairfield prep. They got some big kids, man. Not yeah. to say that Maloney doesn't, but Maloney's
4: you know, got Maloney's got weapons too, though. Right now I Maloney's know, but I'm got- about
3: just overall eye test. You look at them, walk onto the field. You're like, Oh my goodness. You know, yeah.
4: I know I'm not saying that. Uh, that's well, we said that theory, about, but- we said that about Fairfield prep last year and, Darian made quick work of them in the in the finals so that's not everything
3: no 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 certainly not but I I think right now again I the way I'm looking at it and maybe other, I mean voters have been, whether they're right or wrong I've had been been at odds with them all year usually like a team that I think should be number one then they, they end up losing so the voters were right in the first place you know that's been a common thing this yeah. year but uh, I guess the other question is does Antonia or Berlin do they have any shot at number one I mean
4: I don't think so, and I'm going to go back to 2019, uh, to Shane. Um, you know, that 2019 team was really good, loaded with a lot of good players, two first-team All-Staters for us, and they played two double L schools and an L school that year because of the SCC schedule. They struggled against Hamden, had to pull it out late, not like a 51-40 game. Um, then they lost their other double L game and they lost an L game. Uh, they lost to North Haven and they lost to another team. I'm blanking on it. And uh, then they ran through S like it was preseason yeah. and they beat Bloomfield and they beat Ansonia on the way to the championship. Now, were those Ansonia, was that Ansonia team as good as this Ansonia team? Probably not. Uh, is that, was that Bloomfield team better than this Bloomfield team? Maybe. You know they had Anthony Simpson, they had Darren Bryden, uh, they had Javon Massey, they had a lot of good guys on that on that Bloomfield team, and Sheehan, you know put up sixty on them, and you know she and dominated in that postseason. You know we talked to those players, and they said the three playoff games were the three easiest games they played all 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 year, and um, that's an S school, right? So I have a hard time believing. I think Ansonia or Bloomfield. Could compete for a quarter or two quarters, you know, a half against the Granitra prep. But I just think they're, they're, or Maloney or New Canaan. But I just think that their lineups are bigger, right? Their kids don't have to play every play. They're not playing two ways. You know, not every player is playing two ways. So, you know, you get that wear down. I people are going to that... vote Ansonia won if they win. I, yeah, I know that, that they're going to. Uh... And I know people are going to do it for Berlin too. I Superland don't know if you're going to see Notre
3: Dame. I mean, you might get one. You might get one outlier. I mean, I, and I, you know, I don't have a problem with that during this wacky season, but I agree with your point that, you know, it's 20, 30 years ago, you know, teams could compete uh, at the same level, regardless of class. That's not the case anymore. Um, specialization, uh, lots of other factors, you know, depth and those are all things like the, the years of Ansonia getting number one over Greenwich, a uh, one loss, Greenwich and he went to lost to the, this uh, class three, a champion in, in Florida that I, I would not make that vote again. I would go with Greenwich. Um, you know, back then I didn't, you know, and I know I got a lot of flack from that from Greenwich side. Uh, and to this day I kind of look back, I go, mm possible but they did beat jordan reed ansonia and those guys and that was a jack cochran team so it was no joke but you know now but now no way it's just you know the number one team is typically going to come especially in a in a when you're not going to see these teams really play each other right? there's even been a pull away from you know teams playing uh, anywhere near a class that's higher than them or two two higher or three higher in this case so uh you know i, I agree with that i mean i i think that they'll be in the top five perhaps Ansonia or Berlin, which I know you you would drive units. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know at the end of the day, really no one matters who's number two or three or four. They just remember who's number one that year. And I think uh, I think it's, it's going to be either Greenwich or Prep or or Maloney or or New Canaan. I think New Canaan's got a long shot. Uh, yeah, they would have to really win, and then Prep would have to win a squeaker.
4: Um, but even then, it's like <laughs> be even tough. then. But New Canaan didn't play Greenwich this year. They didn't play Staples this year. And that is a huge flaw in the FCX scheduling system. The fact that those programs don't play each other every year. Yeah. And it's I a think, roll of the dice.
3: And I think prep is playing great. Greenwich definitely playing great. Maloney definitely winning games. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say that they are, you know, they're, they're, they're pulling those games out. I mean, good for them. Uh, and new Canaan is just kind of struggle offensively all year. And no, and it's been, you know, it's been the same story in the in the playoffs here. So there's they're they're kind of slogging along right now. So I I'll be interested to see
4: what, what's gonna happen. How much do you think name recognition is gonna play into voting? When you have programs like Greenwich and New Canaan that have been number one before. I mean, New Canaan was voted no, number one like three years in a row in the preseason. And then you have Fairfield Prep, which I don't believe has ever been voted number one, or it's been a really, really long time since they were number one at the end of the year. And then you have Maloney, which is just kind of upstart, not upstart because they've they've won a title, but in terms of like, you know, planting their flag as a premier program, you know, they still need to win another title or two or and here they have a shot to beat New Canaan. They already beat Darianne this year. Like, how much do you think name recognition plays a factor into this voting where if it's Maloney versus Greenwich, how many people are just going to vote for Greenwich? Because, well, we know Greenwich well, is a football we, we
0: factor. We know right?
3: over the years, over the years, the, the poll has been accused of having a Fairfield County bias to it, or at least a Southern Connecticut bias to it. And I think there's something to that only in the fact that there are going to be more voters down here. and We try to spread it out, but there's just going to be more people down here uh, that they just see these teams more and are more inclined to vote for them. We try to spread it out, but there's not as many media outlets up, up north anymore, especially now. There's, and so, there's I
4: mean, some of them refuse to vote, which doesn't help either. So,
3: uh, there's a, there's definitely been a like Glastonbury could not get a sniff at number one, they <laughs> 13 and 0 in 2008, and it was they gave it to New Canon, which you know, I think Glastonbury beat Cheshire convincingly, it was like 35. the uh, 14 or something like that. And new Canaan needed to scrape by, you know, it was relatively convincing, but they scraped by Darian a second time in as many weeks. Um, so, cause they beat him on Thanksgiving and that, you know, that overflow crowd at Boyle stadium. Um, but then, uh, but, but glass could not get a sniff. Um, they had the Gatorade state player of the year Brown at running back and just could not get a sniff that, that year. And uh, you know, I, you know what, Who's to say, you know, who who is to say whether that was going to was that that was a good one or not? I mean, there have been plenty of over the years. There's going to be, listen, no matter what happens, it's going to be at the end of the day, we're going to there's going to be people complaining about it and we're just going to have to move on our way. But it's been that type of year where it's just completely it's completely subjective. There's really no objectivity to it. It's just going to have to be an eye test. And then who does, you know, the one thing I don't want to see, I don't want to see like, you know, someone throwing up you know, twenty eight points just to make it a thirty five point blowout. You know what I mean? With the fourth, you know, in the fourth quarter, I don't want to see that. That's that's not where I'm gonna, you know, put my vote. But you
4: know, yeah, there's no there's no style points.
3: No, 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 no. I mean, there is to a certain degree. Like if you beat a team convincingly, but if you're throwing and putting points up in the fourth quarter and the game is long decided, that's not going to sway me.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully we'll get some input from the voters at the games that they're, I mean, you're going to be at three of them. I'm going to be at three of them. So like, we'll at least like we can tell each other, like, Hey, like, yeah, this team scored late or this, like this game was over early and like, you know, they took their foot off the gas. Um, I don't know. It's going to be tough. This is going to be, I mean, this, this poll has been really hard to do all year. If you, if anyone gets my emails to Mike bio for these polls every year, it's a one line every week. It's a one line quip about, I have no idea what's going on because everything changed so quickly. And, and each, each week someone had a big win. Someone had a big loss and you sat there and you're like, I thought I know what I, I thought I knew what I was doing. And I obviously don't.
3: All right. Well, you know, we could go on and on about this, but we have a lot of work to do here. We got to go. We're going to what we're going to do here is we're going to preview each of these games, each of the six championships. And then Pete and I are going to make our picks at the end of it. So uh, for the first, we're going to go from bottom up. We're going to start with Ansonia Bloomfield. Take it away. Pete.
4: In the Class S finals, we have a matchup that has been seen many times before in the postseason. Ansonia and Bloomfield are two of the most storied programs in state history. And Sony has won 20 state titles, and Bloomfield has won nine. The two have met six times in the finals, with each team winning three times.
1: Uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, you know, we have great respect for them, and I think they have great respect for us. And that's what rivalries are really built on. And the series has been real even. You know, there've been some great games. Um, you know, we most certainly look forward to Saturday being another one.
4: The Chargers come into the game at 12 and 0 and are looking for their first state title since 2016. David Cassetti is one of the state's top two-way players and is joined by Makai Ingram to form a dynamic new on offense that is outscoring opponents 41 to 13.
2: I think it's the bond we have. You know, we've all been playing together. We all like get together really well. We have like a like a very like different bond. You know, we, we gel together on the field, like probably better than a lot of other teams. And like our chemistry and like the heart, the heart we have. Like You know, second half, we just like think we're going to win.
4: Bloomfield is back in the Class S Finals for the fourth straight season with their only win coming in 2018 over Haddam Killingworth. The Warhawks are led by the Kerr Twins, juniors Devion and Davion and junior quarterback Darion Foster. The team lost two games this season. A six-point loss to Killingly, where they led in the second half, and a three-point loss to Berlin the week Bloomfield boys basketball coach and assistant football coach Kevin Moses died. Bloomfield has won eight straight, and the Warhawks are in search of their tenth title.
0: I mean, us our two teams are just we just feel like our programs are great, and we give a lot of respect to each other. So, you know, we're excited to play in this game. Um, we're hoping for another Bloomfield-Ansonia Classic. So, we're just excited to play at Central as well, and um, looking for a good game. We just got to play as a family. It wasn't really a family last year.
2: We were, we wasn't sticking to the plan. All we mainly got to do is do our job and execute the play and stop complaining and play as a family.
3: So Pete, the seventh time that these teams are facing off in the state playoffs and all we, you look at the, them. I think we looked at them at the beginning of the year and Sonia Bloomfield. I think we were going to be fine, just fine. If uh, that was the matchup and here we are, uh, what do you think of this game?
4: This has the makings of being an all time classic game with two, you know, blue blood storied programs in the state. Uh, Tom Brockett and, and Tylo, you know, talked about a, a mutual respect between the two. And there are playmakers all over this field. And uh, I think it could be a really, 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 really fun one on Saturday. What are you taking? I'm going to go with Antonio. I think, uh, I think Antonio has been playing really well. I think uh, one benefit that they've had this year that they haven't had in past years that I think Ansonia fans are not too happy about, but they've been in close games. They've had to be resilient. They've had to play with their backs against the wall. You know, against Holy Cross, Holy Cross was inside the 20 yard line with the chance to take the lead or tie the game late. And Ansonia stepped up, defense stepped up, they made a play and they won the game. And I think that that being in those situations this year, Against Gilbert Northwestern, they were in a close game. Obviously, Naugatuck was a close game. Being in those close games helps build resilience for games like this. And that. for that reason, I'm going with Ansonia. Pete, I'm going to go with Ansonia,
3: too. I just think the Chargers are just so great in this spot and have been all year when the chips are down or when someone's knocking at their door. They always seem to find a way to respond with Cassetti. And, and those guys, the defense has been pretty solid. I mean, they're going to have a lot of trouble with the Kerr twins who have been dynamic dynamic players and game changers too. And, um, and Darian Foster at the quarterback position has been pretty good. The only problem with Boomfield is they really haven't had a a solid running game. And I know they've tried a a bunch of different guys between like, uh, Jaden Jesserum, uh, Rodriguez and, uh, and even, uh, Kerr, even Davion Kerr or Davian Kerr. (laughs) but sorry, Davian, eat with an E. He, he ran during the, uh, the, uh, the, the Holy cross game. So, uh, Pete, I'm going to go with Ansonia, too. I just think the Chargers might be, be the more complete team. I know Bloomfield's just so dynamic. I mean, the, the Curb twins are electric. Uh, Davian Kerr has just been uh, ridiculous out, out of the two of them. And uh, the, the quarterback, Darian Foster, has been great. Uh, he's really an, an up-and-comer uh, right now. But the, the problem is that they have, they, they have a tendency to be a little bit one-dimensional. Uh, they really haven't had a, a, a consistent running game um, I know they've tried a bunch of different guys at, at, in the backfield. And if you can find a way to kind of stop them up front and, and make them throw a lot, uh, you know, you usually can, can lead to some success. And, but I know Bloomfield's run game kind of consists of throwing out to the, to, to the receivers and letting them do their stuff. I just think Ansonia's defense, which is so well coached, and and, uh, and and they're aggressive, but also, you know, they're very, they play smart. I think they're going to be able to do a, a nice job of them. I don't know if they're going to contain them completely, uh, but uh, I think Anthony's going to do just enough to be able to pull this one out. You know, when ball control with Cassetti is going to be very, very important. If you can get a lot of first downs and run the ball, I think Antonio's going to be in a really good spot. All right. That said, let's go to the class double S championship Barlow versus Valley Regional o Line.
4: The Class double S Championship game features two programs that have only been to one state finals each. Valley Regional Old Line won the Class S large title in 2014, a 21 to 20 win over Ansonia, and Joel Barlow reached the Class M finals in 2017, losing to Killingly 41 to 14. Joel Barlow has been on a mission since last season ended. The Falcons barely missed out on the Class M playoffs, and this year they would not be left out of the dance. Led by Danny Shaven and the Falcons' feared triple option offense, the Falcons started the season with six straight wins before losing to Newtown by 10. They then lost to New Milford two weeks later and needed to win its season finale. Shaben took over, running for five touchdowns to beat Weston and punch his team's ticket into the playoffs. I mean, we're versatile. We got a, we got a bunch of people we can give the ball to. It's, it's not just a one-man show, which a lot of people think. I mean, we could give the ball, we could pitch the ball, we could do a lot. The Falcons will be tested with shutting down a very good Valley Regional old line team with many weapons. I mean, the big thing is they're very balanced. Um, you know they do a real good job of running the ball. Big offensive line. They move their linemen around, pull guys, um, so that kind of causes some matchup problems. And then obviously if you try to load the box, you know they're going to throw the ball down the field. You know they can stretch it with the receivers that they have. Uh, quarterback does a real good job of extending plays and then finding guys down the field. So uh, they definitely create some matchup problems. Um, you know hopefully we can you know use our our. our front four to get some pressure and you know, then get some work done in the secondary. A little over two weeks ago, Valley Regional didn't know if it would make the playoffs. Despite only having one loss, they rooted hard and waited for their rivals, Cromwell Portland, to beat Rocky Hills to send them to the playoffs.
0: It has been quite the whirlwind, um, praying, hoping, wishing, maybe even burning candles and everything else and incense, whatnot. not like we're trying to do everything we can to get into the playoffs and um, we got we got what we needed and you know a lot of coaches and a lot of teams just they just want to be in the dance you know what i mean and once you get there then then you can try to make as much noise as possible but um i felt that we were due based off of what we did in the regular season and i liked our chances when we when we got to that situation Yeah.
4: led by d'angelo jean pierre and jacob Rand, the co-op won its first five games before losing the one-point classic promo Portland, and have rallied to win its last six games to reach the Finals for the second time in program history. Yeah, it definitely feels good being here, you know, I know before the season no one really expected us to be here, we're not not
2: supposed to be here, so, you know, it's a great feeling, you know, just have a great team bond, we just went through a good amount of adversity, especially last year, you know, really capitalized on the moment this
3: summer, this offseason, you know, we got really, got prepared, you know, we, we did what we had to do. All right, Pete, I guess I'll go first here. I was talking to the Valley Regional guys at the uh, at the luncheon on Tuesday, and D'Angelo Jean-Pierre was convinced that it was going to be a clean sweep for people picking Barlow and Valley Regional Roll line even said the eight ball. He was predicting. I don't know what the eight ball is picked, but I'm going to confirm his suspicions. At least on my end, I'm going to pick Barlow in this spot to win the state championship um, I actually thought Cromwell Portland was going to win this game at the beginning of the year. I had Cromwell Portland winning this, but uh, certainly Barrow knocking off uh, Cole Brisson and those guys in a, in a just great game, you know, Cole Peterson played, you know, you think it's just Danny Dave running around out there. Uh, Cole Pearson proved uh, once again, that Barlow is more than, uh, than just one, a one man band. Uh, certainly in their defenses, it, was, it played pretty great. Um, you know, I think Valerie just got lots of weapons, Jacob Rand, uh, Nick Cox played especially well in the semifinals. And Daniel John Pierre is obviously electric if you get him the ball and, and it's uh, just a great job by Valley Real getting here. I just think Barlow with the option offense going to be tough. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Pete,
4: I picked Joe Barlow in August, and I'm going to pick Joel Barlow now in December. I'm going with Shabin and the boys. Wow, you got the kiss
3: of death this time, Pete. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> Okay, now we move to the M Championship game. Notre Dame-West Haven versus unbeaten Berlin. The Class M Championship between Berlin and Notre Dame-West Haven featured two teams looking to win their first state championships since 2009. Berlin has long been a title contender, but has only one state championship to show for it when current offensive coordinator Max DiLorenzo led the Redcoats to the 2009 Class M title over Bethel. Current coach Joe Oresmowitz, who's been with the program as an assistant and now head coach, is anxious to add a second trophy to the school's coffers after falling short in three finals since then, in 2012, 2014, and a 2018 wipeout at the hands of St. Joseph. We were
0: there once, we won it once. If the game was being played at Municipal Field this weekend, I'd like our shot, we're 1-0 there. But it's just amazing. I think now being here for the second time, you want it. The kids want it. But you all, I've been saying it all week, just pause and enjoy the experience too because just being back here, is, is really an incredible, incredible feeling for all of us. Uh, Max DiLorenzo, I was asking coaches that wanted to go, this is a guy that won the state championship, played at UConn at the highest level, and he says, I have to go, I love this, I have to be around all these other high school athletes, so it means a lot.
3: Led by senior quarterback and steady hand, Lorenzo Mille, and a cadre of talented underclassmen, the Redcoats hit a couple of speed bumps, like a 17-point comeback win over eventual Class S finalist Bloomfield, and endured some heartbreak when Coach Orestemovic's father died during the playoffs.
4: You know, Coach texted us about his, about his dad. He said, listen, Coach, you do what you have to do. Like, we'll, we'll take care of everything. We made sure the team was all good. I mean, I think it gave us a lot of motivation in the playoffs. I mean, Coach showed us everything for us. We all love him. He's like a second father to every one of us on the team. So, uh, yeah, I think it
3: gave us a lot of motivation. Yet the Red Coats roared to a 10-0 unbeaten season and then defeated Brantford and then Rockville to reach the state final. Now, they're looking to cement themselves as the best team in school history.
2: We put so much
4: pride into this program. We put so much pride into what we do. I mean, for a whole entire year, maybe more, we've been working out every single day. You know, uh, our whole team's tight. It would just mean everything.
0: Yeah, no, it's absolutely amazing. These kids started working really hard in the offseason. Lorenzo Mealy and Will Gomes and I stood on the sideline of the Platt Maloney game last year and they looked right at me and said, Coach, we need to be playing in one of these games next year. I said, the offseason will dictate it. And they bought in the offseason. They've all worked really hard and they've come together as a good group of guys.
3: A long-established power, Notre Dame West Haven is back in its first finals 2014, but hasn't won a title since it upset pomp rog in the Class L final and finishing number one in 2009. Three and seven a year ago, the Green Knights have been led by a determined class of senior stars, including quarterback Matt Picota, and Christian Lewis and tailback Jacob Staten, the 2022 SEC Tier 1 Player of the Year, who has run for over 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns.
2: It's so special, it's so exciting for the building. We have so much support from our building, from the administrators right on
3: down to the custodial staff. Our building is excited and our players
2: are excited and I'm I'm happy for my coaches and for our, our uh, players. The hard work and the determination of the senior-led team, I mean, uh, there's 19 of us that are seniors that start, and the whole team is senior-led. So kind of as a group, we've like, put our heads down and really worked hard to get to the place that we are today. And you know, So without our seniors, I don't think we'd be here.
3: Notre Dame's only losses were to fellow SEC playoff teams, West Haven in the season opener. And Cheshire and Fairfield Prep, they're coached by Joe DiCaprio, a dyed-in-the-wool Notre Dame guy who hopes to join his brother John and his mentor, Tom Marcucci as the school's championship head coaches.
1: I don't, I I mean, I would just be excited. I'm not a
2: big rah-rah guy for myself, especially. I I just wanna win for the coaches, the team, in the building. I love this school, I I love it, I love it. I don't wanna imagine myself anywhere else. I think it would be good for our building. Uh, Again, we have so much support, so I would be, you know, over the moon.
3: I know you are a notorious Berlin hater, but do they realistically have a shot to
4: beat Notre Dame West Haven in the class M championship? I right, look, they have a shot. They're here, right? They have a really good coaching staff in Joe it. in Joe, Ar- 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 in Joe uh, my boy, Max D Di- D Lorenzo. He was giving me the business at the luncheon. Um, yeah, of course they have a shot, but I they think Notre win. Dame is going to win this game. No, I think, you know, look, Notre Dame, had a tough time against law because law has John Nyder. And I think John Nyder is one of the best football players in this state. And uh, Berlin's got a handful of of different guys who do different things. You know, Berlin doesn't have one back with over a hundred carries this year. Yeah. They have a lot of different guys who they can. Yeah. They have a lot of different guys who can get the ball. Uh, and do different things. You know, they'll play the hot hand. We'll see who the hot hand is that day. I, my, my, you know, if I'm going to bet anything, it's going to be on Kyle Melville, the sophomore. He's had 36 carries in the last uh, three games, which I think leads all of them. Um, but, you know, I, I just think this Notre Dame team just plays a different level. They, they played a different speed. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the Green Knights. Pete, as much
3: as it pains me to say this, I picked Notre Dame at midseason to win this class. I said if they got in, even at five and five, that they would go on to win this class. I know Joe DiCaprio was not thrilled with me picking them to win it that long ago. And uh, let me have it at the uh, at the state championship luncheon a little bit, say like, look, this is not easy. And for sure it wasn't. And uh, as the law game just proves it right there. Uh, you know, John Natter did a great job when you get to the playoffs, man, I think you can kind of throw the rest of the season out. It is no joke that you go to the playoffs. Anybody can be anybody at any time. Um, so and in this spot, it's going to be a fight because I think Berlin's very good. I mean, obviously, they have got a ton of guys that they've been spreading the ball around to, um, you know, and Lorenzo Mele has been kind of managing it very well. And I've seen them, their their defense play pretty pretty big in spot they had a bunch of turnovers against um against uh Middletown a few weeks ago uh to kind of wrap up their regular season but Notre Dame is just you know plays in the SEC tier one um you know it's like dropping the extra bat when you leave the on deck circle to go to go hit a home run and uh you know they have some weapons Picota obviously has been very good at quarterback um you know, Lewis has been a really good defender, and they've just got some of the other guys. But Jacob Staten has just really kind of notched it up into a whole new level of running back right now. Uh, he really put that law game away. You know, he's going to have a little bit of a, a, a tough turf to, to run on, but you know, I still think I, I like Notre Dame, West Haven in the spot. All right. That moves us to the class double M championship North Haven versus Pillars. <laughs> class double m championship features two teams north haven and killingly that are almost mirror images of each other if not style, then by philosophy they love to pound the football coached by chad Neal, killingly has been a player on the statewide stage for the better part of the last eight years it's reached the state final three times and won two championships including last year's class m title over rockville with many of those same players returning including quarterback thomas dribbles receiver Ben Jacks, and Soren Reef at running back, this generation looks to do something none of its predecessors could, repeat as state champs. I definitely thought that going into the year. I knew, I knew we definitely had that potential. We had the skill on the team. We just had to put it all together and work throughout the season. It's just knowing we're playing in a bigger stadium. We got the chance to go back-to-back, but we're, we're not looking at it any differently. We're still
2: preparing the same. We're keeping a level ahead about it.
3: While Reef has assumed the role of the team's battering ram following standouts Jack Sharp, and Spencer Lockwood before him. Dribolts and Jacks have teamed up to give Killingly a bona fide air attack for the first time.
0: Because of uh, who we had back at quarterback with Thomas Dribolts, Ben Jacks at receiver, and Noah Colangelo, I think with those three guys, they're all playmakers. They came on late last year and made plays in big games for us, had a great off season together. And when you, when you have such a strong running game, it opens opportunities for those guys to get open.
3: Lee's only loss was a stunning 41-26 loss to Wyndham at midseason, but that setback merely refocused this team's postseason drive. Lee smothered Wellersfield in the quarterfinals and then outlasted Massick in a 54-41 shootout to return to the state final. Standing in their way is North Haven, coached for more than two decades by Tony Sagnella a star lineman at Hamden and Rutgers who earned a Super Bowl ring with the Washington Redskins. Sagnello's program at North Haven has turned the antique single wing offense into a bonafide weapon, allowing them to compete in the cutthroat SEC tier one division.
0: Oh yeah, they'll definitely be tired. I, we like seed in them. It's just funny because that's what we run all the time and nobody else runs that. So it's super, super different to the other teams.
3: North Haven came close before taking new Canaan to the brink in the 2015 Class L final, but the state championship remains missing from their resume. No,
0: I mean, I don't focus on it. Um, you are pursuing it though every year. I mean, some years it's more realistic than others, but as Steve Philippone once said to me, mean, you're pushing that rock up the hill every year. And, um, and yes, I think more for the people that have supported our program, uh, I, I would love to see their faces um, when they get to, you know, nestle up next to some of the, the story programs in Connecticut. And, you know, for, for a short time, at least say hey, we belong here.
3: The Nighthawks are led by senior quarterback Jeff Carvis and junior running back Adam Pendolfi, who have combined for 2,000 yards rushing and 27 touchdowns. These North Haven upperclassmen grew up watching those players and are anxious to be the first team that at last puts North Haven over the championship hump.
4: Yeah, we grew up in town. I remember going to the game in 2015 when we were little kids and it's super cool to actually be here. Killingly, great team. A lot of experience. They've been here last year. We've been watching film. They're a super great team. Super... They have a lot of different... Like They do a lot of different stuff.
2: Uh, uh, they're a great team. It's going to be a great challenge. We're, uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to playing at Rachel Field. It's got a big stadium, you know.
3: We uh, feel like the All right, Pete, I'll go first. You know, when I was at the luncheon, I had a couple coaches come up to me and they looked and they said, there's no way North Haven's going to lose that game, right, against Killingly. And I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe a month ago, if you'd said that, I would have ever agreed. I would have said there's just no way they just pound that rock and uh, and they move the ball. But, you know, against the Killingly team that's used to it, uh, Killingly team that that that's their M.O. too. They love that type of uh, game. They love the that type of game. Uh, they'll be ready to play that type of game, even if the offense is a little tricky. I'm sure North table get its pops in. But on the other side, I really like Killingly's offense. Uh, you know, Thomas Drybold, Ben Jacks. Uh, Noah Colangelo, and of course, Soren Reef. When those guys are all doing their things and are able to kind of, you know, keep teams honest and balanced, uh, I really like their chances. I, you know, I'm I'm going with Killingly here. Uh, I think, you know, they're battle-tested. They won a championship last year. This is a whole new territory for North Haven. I know I'm going against the SEC tier one, and maybe that's the really the deciding factor. North, North Haven did, you know, play just an, an amazing schedule and uh, survived it. Uh, but you know, I look at that that Wilton game. I get a little worried about that game. That was a pretty tough competition there, and yeah, they pulled it out. But uh, I don't know, North Haven is North Haven ready uh, ready for the stage now? I know these players are, but uh, it's going to be a great game nonetheless. But I, I'm going to go with Killingly here. I I really think the uh, the the team is going to going to ride off into the sunset with a second consecutive victory, which has never happened. And plus, they love the idea of playing. At uh, at Wrenchler Field, uh, Thomas Dryball said, like, Look, we were, we were really excited to play back on grass again. You know, it's like old school, so uh, they're an old school lunch pail team, and I, I like their chances here. I'm going with Killingly.
4: This one was really tough. Um, I'm going with North Haven. Um, I think you know, the, the grass plays a huge benefit to them. I think you know, they have the guys who can slow the game down. Jeff Car- Ravis, oh man, Jeff Caravan. Or- Carvis. Uh, Carvis, Carvis, uh, Carvis, Carvis, Jeff Carvis and Adam Pandolfi, I think, are really going to just slow this game down. I think North Haven's going to win at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know that killingly lost to Wyndham just still doesn't sit well with me, and uh, I know it doesn't sit well with them, and that's why they'll probably come out with you know just an absolutely make me with the egg on my face. But uh, I like North Haven here. I think uh, I'm going to go with the SCC sweep.
3: We next go to the Class L Championship, Maloney versus Blue Blood, New Canaan.
4: The Class L matchup features the defending Class L champions, Maloney, in one of the premier Blue Blood programs in Connecticut, New Canaan. Maloney lost a ton of starters from last year's team that captured the first state title in program history. But it didn't stop the Spartans from starting the season on a hot streak. So Gonzalez-Rose is the emotional and vocal leader of the team, helping first-year quarterback Kyle Valentine get comfortable, and junior Dante Kelly has exploded onto the scene, making plays in all three phases of the game. The Spartans opened on an eight-game win streak, including wins over Darianne and a classic double overtime win against then-number-one Southington. The win propelled the Spartans to the top spot in the game-time CT media poll. though the next week Maloney lost in overtime to Glastonbury. But the team rallied with wins on Thanksgiving, the quarterfinals, and the semifinals to return to the title game for the second straight year and third time under coach Kevin Frederick. Frederick said this team has some similarities to last year's group.
2: Whew, biggest difference between the two teams. I mean, I say, you know, every year the teams from year to year, no matter if championship team or not, you're, you're different. Your personnel is different. leadership's different. Um, you know, I think their grit and toughness is is similar. You know, they—they're both—you know—both teams are very tough teams. Very um, coachable. These guys, both—both both teams really listen really well, pay attention to—you know—to details really well. So those things are important, obviously. Um, you know, in the making of a good championship football team. Uh, I think we're a little more athletic than we were last year. You know, a little more speed than we were last year. Um, you know, so a little different styles there. I think this year we're going to beat you with our speed and in uh, our explosiveness.
4: This season, the Rams have flown under the radar relying on a stout defense that has allowed just 112 points this season and scoring timely touchdowns. The Rams started the season 6-0 before losing to St. Joseph. Team won its next two and held on to defeat its rival, Darianne, on Thanksgiving 13-10. Matt Salmini leads the defense with over 100 tackles and has made some big-time, game-changing plays. And Ty Groff, who is the Rams' quarterback, is a true offensive weapon with his foot. Coach Lou Marinelli said his defense is ready for the challenge of stopping Maloney's offensive weapons
1: they sure do they, they, have, they have a lot of athletes and uh, a lot of weapons that uh, we have to kind of think about but I you know I, I think defensively our uh, our team has has faced a lot of different offenses and and uh, have have done very well so it's just another challenge that uh, you know we're gonna have to uh, try to figure out but I mean they're they're Really uh, dynamic uh, on offense, so we have our
2: we have our hands full. Uh, you know, obviously it means a lot just to win a state championship, no matter who you're going to play. Um, obviously, New Canaan's a stor- storied program. I consider Lou Marinelli one of the best coaches ever to, you know, to, to step foot in Connecticut. Um, you know, he's just done an exceptional job. His program was in the state championship or in the semifinals. I saw something eight years in a row for the semifinals. I mean, just a testament to what he did with his program and the buy-in that he has from his community and the kids.
1: And they're, they're very well coached, uh, and, and uh, you know, you can see they, they play well together. I mean, it's it, it's a it, it's a team, you know. And if one guy falters, the other guy picks, you know, picks up the slack. So you can see why they won the state championship last year and why they've been close before that. Um, so, it, it, I mean, I think our, our group has, has come a long way. Uh, I never believed. We were, we were just talking the other day about, you know, in the beginning of the year, we were just hoping to be 500. Uh, but these seniors have come along so well. So I think, you know, we're ready for a challenge like this, and uh, we'll see how it goes.
3: All right, Pete, your boy, Kevin Maloney. Who do you got
4: against Lou Marinelli and the new Canaan Rams? I like Maloney. I'm going with huh. Kevin. I'm going with Jojo. I'm going with Dante Kelly. I'm going with Kyle Valentine. I'm going with all those guys on Maloney. Um, I think this is the win that Kevin, you know, the, winning the state championship last year was huge for them. They beat a CCC team in Windsor, uh, put them on the map. I think a win against Lou Marinelli and new Canaan, puts Maloney in the conversation as those, you know, consistent machines in Connecticut high school football. I think Maloney, they just got this interesting swag about them where, yeah, it could be close. Yeah. They're blowing you out. Yeah. They're down, but they're never out. And I think against a team like new Canaan who has an amazing, you know, stout defense, I think they're allowing like nine points a game. Um, You know, if Maloney can score on them, then Maloney's in good shape, but if Maloney's offense can't get anything going, I'm going to have JoJo or Dante return a punt for a score. Yeah, you know they could <laughs> so take a they could they could take a pick six to the house. Um, this is an electric team in all three phases of the game, and I'm going with Maloney for that reason. I think this is a huge, huge win, and this win plants the flag for Maloney atop the state's best teams.
3: I'm going to go with Maloney too. You know, I've just been picking against Buchanan all season long, you know, you know, come hell or high water. And sometimes it works out for me like it did, I guess, St. Joseph that time. And sometimes it doesn't. Like my, my uh, Cheshire picked uh, against them uh, last week. Uh, so, um, you listen, like you said, I think you hit it right on, on the head. You know, it, regardless of what happens to Maloney, they just keep coming at you. They got a little bit of swagger. I mean, Valentine's back. Um, he was all fired up at the lunch. He say, hey, you're back. He's like, oh, it was awful on the sidelines. It was nerve wracking, but no, now I feel like I'm back. The best uh, five, what, five, five, five quarterback in the state. Uh, Dante Kelly has had an amazing postseason. And then Jojo Gonzalez has just been great for them. They got a swagger. And I think it comes from their coach. I don't think the, the, I don't think they are intimidated or going to be pushed around in any way. You know, even when the chips are down, they just have that fight, that swag to them and, Uh, I think that's really what's been serving them really well so far. I don't think they look at New Canaan and go, oh, my God, it's New Canaan. Like maybe some teams do. Uh, So with that said, uh, I I also like them on that turf field over at Root, which is really going to work in their favor. I mean, if it was that rental Field, maybe I might trend a little bit more New Canaan. Listen, I have a hard time picking against New Canaan in a final. It doesn't happen often that they lose a final. Uh, But in this case, I'm going to go with Maloney. All right. So that leaves us our last championship game. The class double L final, Greenwich versus their old pals, Fairfield Prep. They don't play in the same league, but Fairfield Prep and Greenwich are both large school Fairfield County rivals who will be renewing acquaintances in the state championship game on Saturday night at Rensselaer Field. They've met twice before with a trophy on the line back in the 1980s with Coach Earl Lavery's Jesuits toppling Mike Granato's Cardinals both times but 1988 remains the last time Fairfield Prep has hoisted a state football championship banner, losing in two subsequent appearances in 2013 and to Darianne last year. Greenwich, meanwhile, has gone on to win six more championships, the last in 2018, under coach John Marinelli, now an assistant at UConn. Former Greenwich All-State lineman, and assistant Anthony Morello has since taken over the program and after several frustrating endings is anxious to at last make his mark as a head coach, becoming the first branch native to lead the hometown Cardinals to a state football championship.
0: It's an amazing feeling, um, you know, it's, it's very easy to second guess yourself when things don't go your way, uh, especially when you don't have any real uh, lineage or, you know not a lot to your name, and you're just sort of out there. Um, and the expectations are what they are um, at, at schools uh, such as Greenwich, but uh, to be able to get to the state championship um, and have the support of your coaches, your, your, your school and administration, and of course your players, most of all, um, is a really good feeling.
3: He has a deep and talented class, headlined by quarterback Jack Wilson, backs George Vamilakis and Jack Konensberg, with receivers Dom DeLuca and James Wildham, and Lyman Griffin-Goletta. They started out the preseason number one and lost their two games by a mere one point each. They've since outscored their two playoff opponents... 89-7 89-7 to seven en route to the final.
0: We didn't have our sophomore season to develop. We had last year, which was kind of just like a, honestly, learning experience for everyone, because no one had any varsity experience. And then this year, it's kind of everything came together from freshman year now. All the coaches kind of like learned us, learned how to coach us, where to put us, who to put where. I mean, that's why we're so dominant now, we're just all they know us so well, we know what to do. Despite
3: graduating three game-time CT register first-team All-State players and a host of other talent, Fairfield Prep, spurred by the memory of their teammate Jimmy McGrath, who was tragically killed last spring, and their desire to return the school to football glory, shook off a near disastrous 1-3 start and embarked on an eight-game win streak to get to the final. They've been led by linebackers Tanner Langus and Bryce Muller, not to mention a revamped offensive attack headed by quarterback Tyler Smith and Ryan Prasano senior tailback Wally Wischewski's hoping to become the second member of his family to win a state championship his father Eric was an integral part of that 1988 title
1: to get back there is one thing to get back there after trying to
2: doing some soul searching in the first quarter of the season almost, that says a lot too um, I, I, I think it speaks to their character, I think it speaks to them growing up, I think it speaks to them buying
1: in to stuff that we always preach but it's put to the test when things don't go your way that's great. That's, that's part of life. But uh, I, I knew they had it in them, and I, this second half was,
2: was a great rise rise up. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little speechless only because to be here means a lot for so many people. These teams
3: met twice last year, with Branch taking the regular season matchup 14-7, but Fairfield Prep knocking Wilson, and then Fairfield Prep, out of last year's quarterfinals. Now they meet again with a prestigious class double L championship and perhaps the number one ranking on the line. So Pete lots to kind of digest there for Fairfield prep versus Greenwich. I mean, these are two teams that have they have played each other twice in the state championship games. Fairfield prep owes its titles. To, to greenwich thank you greenwich and their last one 1988 fairfield prep has the uh, last time they they won a state champ they've been chasing that title ever since they've been there a few times were there last year but now they're facing the greenwich team that like we just said it's just firing on all cylinders oh, just like them it's gonna be a heavyweight battle uh what do you want to do you want to go first
4: or should i go first i'll go first i'm going with greenwich I think Greenwich is the best team in the state. I think they have the most weapons. I think they have the best 11 guys on both sides of the ball when they're playing together. Um, I think Jack Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the state. I think Consberg and, and Vamalakis are a dangerous one, two punch at the hey, running nice game. Nice job. Owen. nice job. Thank practice. you. I practiced. I practiced that. Uh, I think if, if James Walgram's not gonna, gonna beat you, Charlie Dixon will, and I think Dom DeLuca is a matchup nightmare. He's faster. He's bigger than any defensive back who's going to cover him. And he's bigger than any linebacker who's going to step in front of him. Um, and then defensively, my my boy, my dog, Griffin Galata is just a menace. He is just in the backfield. Him and DeLuca just causing chaos. James uh, in, uh John and John Insigna is 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 he's got you know, he's just in every tackle. Flying around the field. I, I just think Greenwich is, is the best team in the state. And I think they're going to go out there and prove that on Saturday.
3: Pete, I think you're right. I think
4: Greenwich is playing right now like the best team in the state.
3: Those two uh, semi semi and quarterfinal matchups, eh, no contest whatsoever. That said, I think Fairfield Prep is also playing like one of the best teams in the state. It is going to be a heavyweight matchup. I mean, uh, you know, Tyler Smith throwing four touchdowns in the second half uh, last week against uh, trouble. Uh, it was great. I mean, obviously their defense has been there all season long and Fairfield prep getting the offense going and the run game going and the, and the receivers, it's tall receivers. There are going to be a matchup problem for Greenwich. But that said, like you said, Jack Wilson, uh, Dixon, uh, these guys, uh, I think th- we all knew at the beginning of the season, that this was going to be the team to beat. teams beat them. One point piece. Brandish has been great. Uh, otherwise, I can't pick against them at this point. I voted for them at number one to start the year. Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to start, they're going to end the season the way they started it by becoming the number one team in the state. Uh, although it's going to be it's just an epic game. Get your tickets now. Uh, I guess the only way you can get tickets folks is if you go online, no, no, no more, you know, you have to get online and and it's all phone. And, and uh, so make sure you, 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 you secure that. Don't go to the the stadium looking to get a walk up and get your tickets in advance. Uh, But that will be a great one uh, to cap things off at, uh, at Rensselaer field. So there you go, Pete, Um, you know, a couple of prizing picks. I'm anxious to see what the board looks like, but uh, you know, we forno forno is picked against us here. Uh, uh, for, for fairfield prep, uh, you know, I don't know if I have a shot to win this thing. I think it's possible if, if I Stewart, no, no shot. No, no,
4: no like shot. Sugar. no shot, Yeah. Man. I, I, the board is done. Uh, it has not been released yet outside. I haven't done, I haven't done my eight ball. Uh, haven't done my eight ball shakes yet. So, um, I gotta do that. But the way the yeah. board looks, uh, the only way Dave Stewart can lose is if him and Forna bio tie and Forna will get the tiebreaker on regular season wins. Yeah, that. Um so it's in Stewart's hands. He was in his hands, he was up two games last year and lost going into the finals. He went one and three in the finals last year. So
3: will he pick New Canaan is the big question. So check out the board. Yeah. Will <laughs> will Dave Stewart pick? Against Newkaden, probably not happening. That's right Never. there. He's handicapping himself. He just cannot bring himself. Guy, Canaan, tell David it's okay. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna hate him if, uh, if you, uh, if he picks against you. <laughs> you can tell him that. Uh, so there you go, Pete. You know it was a, uh, a great semifinal round, and uh, we're gonna have some great championships. Uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm excited. It's gonna stink. We're both on different sides. That's my one problem about this whole thing. I really wish it could be at one spot. I I don't like the idea of championships being played all over the place, but I mean, again, if you're going to have six championships, there's just no way that that's a a possibility uh, unless they go back to four, which I think that they will eventually do in the future, you know, some sort of expanded, you know, playoffs, which I don't, I don't want either, but, um, but I think that's what the future looks like. So, uh, but again, these are, think of, if you, you don't like six championships, like I don't think of these as more like bowl games, um, and uh, and away we go. And, and they should be wherever you end up. It should be an exciting game if you can do the two sites, go for it. But uh, Pete, any final thoughts before we wrap this up and continue on with our
4: coverage for
3: the rest of the week?
4: Yeah, if you live in Fairfield County, shut up and drive to Yukon. <laughs> drive to to Central. Like, I'm sorry to I'm tired of this Boyle Stadium nonsense. I, I am. We complained for years. That these state championships need to be held at UConn, at Central, at these big time facilities. And okay, we have it. I'm tired of this Boyle Stadium and this, this, and this. Get in your car, drive. Connecticut's not a big state. It's not hard. Go, go and fill out these places. I mean, you know, Rental can hold like 40,000. So, you know, it's not like there's going to be 40,000 people there, but go and fill out these freaking places, man. Come on. We complained about it enough. We whined about it enough for years. Stop whining. Go to the yeah. games. We got what we wanted. Yeah, it needs to stop. It needs to stop. When it, when it was when it was sixth or
3: whatever it is when it, when it was different sites, when it were high school sites and it didn't really matter. Okay, keep Boyle on reserve in case it's two Fairfield County teams. I think it's a it, I think it's a good matchup down there to do that. I think it's a great venue for it. But when we've has a predetermined site, a college site that is you know doing a lot of stuff to get itself ready to, to host these things. And it's a lot of money to be, to be spent a lot of logistics, um, you know, stop whining and, uh, and, and go to the games, please. Um, I, I agree with Pete, like enough of the boil stadium stuff. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's a bad look guys. It's a bad look. Just get in your car and drive. It's not that bad. It's a Saturday. You know, I mean, uh, I, I know, Fairfield. And I know getting out of Fairfield County is, is tough, but yeah, I agree with you um that said uh i'm anxious to go I, I don't have that that kind of problem i'm gonna since a straight shot up, shot up 91 so i'm excited about that uh, i'm excited about i'm excited about this whole i'm excited about the whole weekend being over to be honest with you it's been a long season but uh you know again yeah, well then the hard
4: part starts part,
3: yeah yeah <laughs> no, then that we gotta pick an all-state team we gotta recap and then pick an all-state team but this is the fun part the fun part is getting on the field putting all the nonsense of the past you know three months out of your head you know, all that stuff. Get it out of your head and just enjoy some great championship games. So uh, I'm anxious for that. Pete, thank you very much. And uh, go team. Uh, this has been the Pick'em Podcast slash Meat Grinder crossover episode. For Pete Pagwaga, I'm Sean Patrick Bully.
4: Love you all. Bye.